0: Welcome to CougarCast, with Keith Shirts and Tosh McIntosh. CougarCast, covering BYU football and basketball. Email the show, CougarCast at gmail.com, and follow on Twitter at CougarCast.
1: Happy Thanksgiving! My name is Keith Schertz, and I'm with the 2002 Daily Herald, Utah County, name of the year, Tosh McIntosh, and you'll know that only by voice only, he's actually doing this podcast with the brown paper bag over his head. <laughs> We've lost to UMass, Tosh.
0: It was bad. Like, we were talking-
1: I mean, the worst part is, is I kind of had a sense it might happen. So oh, yeah. did you last week. I mean, that's the part that's even worse about it. It's-
0: and we have that same sense again. Hawaii sucks, but we suck. We could lose to anybody. Anybody could beat us.
1: We're really really terrible.
0: Portland State has not won a game this year, and their best performance was against us. Yeah, they were in it in the fourth quarter. Like on the road. We got the least amount of points against those guys out of anyone they've played. Ooh. And so anyway, we are bad. Last week was bad. We put up 10 points against UMass at home, and the we almost put up three points against him. Like it was within a razor's edge of us putting up, it was, we almost got shut out. Well,
1: and UMass was just playing for the win at the point where we scored the touchdown. Yeah, They were in full present. They gave no blitz anymore. They gave zero different looks for uh, Joe Critchlow to take a look at. And so when you know what the coverage is going to be, it's a whole lot easier when nothing's disguised. They had the game in hand. And so they were just playing back, you know, I mean, Basically, in my mind, that's—I mean, we scored ten, but it was really three points when it was actually played on the level. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. I mean, UMass was fine with conceding because they were about to pick up one of the biggest wins in the history of their program, which still like that was like boggling my mind. It's like, but it's just adjusted, I guess. I mean, they, they dumped they...
0: Gatorade on their coach after
1: that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I'm really...
0: serious. That's not a joke. I, I watched it happen. It's like. It was weird, two, three, and seven teams or whatever battling it out, but it's their first road win in, like, 20-something games. Like, we got beat by a terrible team.
1: Yeah. Three and nine. BYU is three and nine. And, you know, I remember you and I having a conversation just three weeks into the season after the offense had been so bad against Portland State and absolutely atrocious against – Louisiana State, and then bad against Utah, you remember I had the thing with you where you said, I just don't think that BYU is immune to having a super, super bad season. And you said, they're not, but that's not going to happen. In our wildest, in the biggest nightmare scenario, this just isn't going to happen. There's too much quality and pedigree with BYU for those things to happen. Well, Tosh,
0: it's happened. Why? We looked at the back end of this schedule, and I thought it was basically six guaranteed wins.
1: Well, Tom Homo, as architect of BYU football schedules, always is going to put in six wins. Always. Yeah. Because he's got to get us to a bowl game because that's a nice payday for the athletic program.
0: He scheduled six wins. And we've been losing against teams that we have more money than, that we have more resources than, that we have better players than, that we have no business losing to. It all comes down – I mean, there's multiple things, but you can only address one at a time. And I know that our defense hasn't been perfect. I know a lot of our our injuries – but the one thing that first needs to be fixed is something needs to be changed on offense. It has to. How many times in a row can we just suck on offense and not change anything? Tosh,
1: you know the best way to tell if somebody is a bad coach? Everybody talks about how good of a guy they are first.
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's the great coaches. They don't. No one cares. If nobody good talks guys or about
1: if, if if Nick Saban's a great guy or Bill Belichick or if any of these guys. And, and you know some of them, some of these guys that are successful are really good guys. Yeah. But nobody mentions Andy Reid and say what a what a gent, what a guy. They say Andy Reid, really good coach, doesn't know how to manage the clock.
0: Yeah, heck of a football. coach. But really,
1: really good coach. Yeah. If. The main thing that we talk about with all of, the B- all of the BYU football coaches is how good of a guy they are. Yep. And that's our takeaway. We hired a really good guy. Tosh, you're a really good guy. <laughs> but if you're not performing at my job, I'm going to be gone. Yeah, but Tosh, you're a really good guy. You could be the coach, right? People would see that. They'd be like, well, he's a good
0: guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost saying crazy statements, but I, where I'm at, I think if we had almost any high school staff be this year's coaching staff, I don't think we would have a worse record. Not
1: any, right? But like, yeah, if, a you, lot would, of it, if yeah. you would have taken a high end, I mean, like your Lehigh Pioneers, state champs, they, their and, offense and they is dynamic. Killed. Yeah. Well, and what they're doing stuff on their offensive side of the ball that's unique. Yep. It's it's bizarre. They have, frankly,
0: they're doing some system things that are creating mismatches. BYU is not. See,
1: here's the thing. BYU has set themselves up to play people straight up. What they're providing the other team to look at has nothing about it that's creative. There's no defense that's that's baffled by anything that BYU is doing. Okay, so that's scheme-wise. As they line up for the play, okay, well that's not working. Well then, are we at least playing really fast like Chip Kelly? Like you have some sort of gimmick
0: mm-hmm. so that
1: it makes it so that you can exploit um, circumstances because you're going fast or because you're doing something that's kind of different that makes people, you know, off balance. But the, the, the thing is, is, is when you give people tons of time, when you have a system in place where everybody knows what's coming at you, it's no surprise that teams like UMass and really, really terrible defenses like East Carolina handle their business
0: against BYU. I I can't say anything different. I also would add, if we look back on last season, we were content as fans because we were playing tight football with the big boys. But
1: we were also playing tight football with bad teams too.
0: That's very I mean, true. Mississippi too.
1: State wasn't very good last year. I mean, we had we had some tight games against teams that weren't that good either.
0: Our offense last year was bad. We won like four games because we had a field goal at the end. Like I remember, it, it was. <laughs> It was defensive football, and there was tons of games where we would be texting each other, and we people were questioning Taysom. You know, that was the, the topic is, are they going to put well, Mangum in? Because right now our offense sucks. It turns out we've had six different quarterbacks, and our offense sucks.
1: Yeah, and, and my thing is is, is that <sighs> Taysom, the reason that Taysom took extra weight was because Jamal was producing at such a rate that what all any other teams did was load the box in such a significant way that all Taysom had to do was be even decent at throwing Mm -hmm. and they would have been efficient. Now the question is, is maybe the system also failed him as well, which made it even more difficult for him to do that. Um, But he had trouble throwing even under like a Robert and I system and things like that. And so that's why for me, I was losing my brain because I was just like, all we have to do is throw. We've got the running thing going. All we've got to have is somebody that can throw, and maybe t- Tanner's the guy to do it. It's apparent now. Tanner Mangum would not have been able to be successful with that, but he probably would have been able to be a lot more effective with a really strong running game of, of Jamal behind him.
0: It would have been different. It would have been would interesting have been to see. It would
1: have been interesting to see.
0: Where I'm at, and that I hate saying this, but this is coming from my BYU fandom. Yes, there are a lot of problems with BYU right now. But we need to make changes, and I would say changes that will move, you know, move things on offense.
1: Well, we got looking at uh, on on vanquish the foe in our slack room, in Van- for vanquish the foe, uh-huh. we got looking about like okay, like let's say we were going to go the JC route and pull a junior college quarterback that was going to come in and and really help, mm-hmm. but one that was good enough. That you could bring in. There's, like, two prospects there, Tosh. Like, you can't change who our players are in a significant way that's really going to make, like, a massive, massive difference. The, the great thing for me to look at is, is you look at Notre Dame. They went 4-8, and eight and they had some tough games and stuff like that, but they changed, like, their entire coaching staff except for the head coach. Yeah. And now they're really rolling. Miami, they get a whole new coaching staff in there, and things get really rolling, rolling for them. Yeah. Like... I just think, and I'm going to be working on these numbers, by the way. This is how I'm spending part of my Thanksgiving. But I am looking at teams that have had bad offenses and had a year that dipped, and it was primarily because of bad offenses. And whether or not they fired the coach, so first of all, see if mm-hmm. if that happened. And then if they fired him, after that, how much better did they get? And I, I'm curious to take and I know that there's a lot of variables with that, but I'm just really yeah. curious at looking at at the value, because a lot of people are saying that it's not valuable, too much turnover. You don't want to be like the University of Utah and change your offensive coordinator every time that you had a season where things weren't so good. Uh, are you concerned about those things?
0: Yeah, I mean, they have to be part of in your mind, but he it's not like he hasn't shown signs yet that he can be good. That's where I'm at, Like, and that's just a well, hard, but, sucky reality. Hang on, though, is We've had two seasons— And we've had moments that I think our offense looked average, but we haven't, we haven't even shown me signs that, Hey, if we got this scheme could really dominate if we had the right players. Like I haven't even seen that.
1: Well, did you see the interview with Cody Wilstead where Cody Wilstead had said, you know, it's been amazing all year. I've been on the headset and they line up and Ty Detmer knows exactly where to throw the ball every single time. Cool. You know who else could do that too? Like Gary Croton, like he was an offensive genius too. Yep. The problem is, 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 can you communicate and teach those things in a way that's effective? This idea that Tanner Mangum is a dog meat quarterback is unbelievable to me. I, I struggle with that. Maybe, maybe he. I, I think he he did get worse. There's no question. He he didn't progress as a quarterback. He he got worse. He went the other way. And I don't know what the off the field stuff's done to him. I don't know what his injury level has done. Whatever the case, he got worse than mm-hmm. when he was a freshman. Yeah, and that to me is sucks. But then beyond that, the assumption that he got worse and he's never gonna get better, and you can't reclaim him, and he's not, you know, redeemable when he's clearly been the best quarterback for BYU this year. I mean, uh, you can look at the numbers and in, ter- in terms of passing, unless you like Bo Hodges' ability to run. Then you can make a case for Bo Hodge, but then he can't stay healthy. So, you know.
0: We can't have seasons like this and there not be changes. That's just, that's, these are guys that are getting paid a lot of money. Right. They knew what industry they were getting into. That's just the reality. Like, y- yeah. they cannot have seasons like this. And we need something to rally the fan base around. We need something to rally recruiting around. And change is our only thing we can rally around right now.
1: I, I totally agree. Um, the old cliche, right? Definition of insanity. It, oh yeah. Is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I know that the variables change a little bit next year. But really, what you got in terms of output this year was all BYU will have next year. Did you see where Greg Rubel said that not a single touchdown scored this year was scored by a senior?
0: <laughs> That's cool. That's Not cr- one. Yeah. Well, no,
1: that tells you a lot, though. This is like next year, it's like the same playmakers. Yeah. The same key components for this team next year. They'll
0: be a little better. I mean, there's some guys coming back I'm excited about. Who got mid-blood. Tosh,
1: who got better from last year to this year? Who improved off the field? Put in the work, had the coaches work with them, and they've gotten a lot better.
0: I can't think of a single one. It's, that's a very... Yeah, that's that's a great point. I, don't, I can't think of a single guy. I I think that normally guys do, but that's another reason why we need some change. So let's see let's see that normal happen, and we have players that are sitting out this year, tr- transfers that I think will be big time players next year, new guys that are redshirting. But at the same time, we need the right captains. We if. I'm comfortable saying, and I want BYU to succeed, but if if Kalani and Tom don't do something, I think they're going down with the ship. If we have another bad offensive year again, then those guys are also going to be in the being held accountable category.
1: To me, it's that they weren't competitive in so many of these games. It's one thing to lose. It's just to not even be close.
0: Against is the, bad teams.
1: Anyway, it is, it is a disaster. You talked about we need the right captains. Uh, were you talking about player ca- captains? No. Okay, well, for, in terms of player captains, too, Tosh, we should have known a little something when one of the captains, the captain of the defense, had whatever his issue. We don't know any of the issues anymore, and we don't, we're not informed anything. So uh, contextualize how you want, okay? But Butch Power was named a captain of the team and wasn't available to the team. At the beginning of the season. That's one of your captains. Yeah. Okay? Because, not because of health reasons. His
0: season... We know it
1: wasn't health reasons. His
0: season's been a head-scratcher. Like, I think he must be injured. I I don't think that's playing to what you're talking about. But that guy has not looked like the same player at all that he did last year.
1: So, anyway... By the way, Tosh, I got complaining big time the other day. We don't know anything. They don't communicate with us anymore as fans. We don't have the ability to build any sort of, like, information about what's going on with the team. Like, after Brandon Davies, BYU has just – because they, they caught some trouble for the way that they, you know, talked about Brandon Davies' you know, mm-hmm. personal sex life and put it out in front of a natural national yeah. audience. Like, I totally get that, that they botched some of the way that that was handled. Right, but this idea where it's like, well, we're just not going to hear anything about Ulatulatau. like he doesn't exist anymore.
0: I don't mind it. It just sucks when we're losing. If we were winning, and that's their policy, I think it protects players. It's fine. But it, my thing is, it, is we know
1: what the violation that it, that's associated with Ulatulatau. Okay, cool. He violated team rules. They need to tell he's, us more. I he's want to not, know
0: how long is that guy out for.
1: He's not available to the team. Like, yeah. We don't know for how long, but we will tell you when he's available next.
0: Yeah, I wish. They could open up more. I don't need to know all the specifics why. Their, their name and transgressions don't need to be told. Through the mud, but we can tell. Well, they should tell us if a guy's suspended. They should tell us if a guy's out. Yeah,
1: yeah if, totally. if, if, they, if there's no, you well, know, Just say the phraseology that you say is violated team rules. Yep. He's out for. Until, he's out.
0: He might be out for the season, and,
1: but, we, but we don't we, have any. Idea but we about. will tell you. We will at least announce the week before that he's back and active. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know anything about what happened with with um, with Marvin Hefo and and Francis Bernard. We didn't know that they had been released from the team, and Until then when they later, then they got in yeah. trouble with the law, and we went to Kalani with it, and he was like, "Why are you asking me about this?" <laughs> it's like, "Cause he was, they were on your roster three months ago. We didn't know that you got rid of them. Yeah, why didn't you announce that you released them You're both right, from the gone team?" Too
0: far that way. You're right.
1: We know nothing about these guys, so. They know better than us. We can't keep any context with anything that's going on with that team in any way, shape, or form. We just have to show. But you need to come and honor our seniors and show up at the field. But we're not going to tell you who's going to play. K.J. Hall's available. Wow. We have no idea about any of this stuff. And... Frankly, Tosh, if you're telling me that a three and eight team playing UMass is trying to play the gamesmanship game because, hey, you know we don't want the Minutemen to know that KJ Hall's gonna be available.
0: Yeah, it's why. That's
1: just gonna change their entire defensive scheme planning. And
0: this is—I agree with you. I just think this is stuff we talk about when we're in a sucky season. All right,
1: it's just not fun. The point is is is, is is cheering for BYU right now is not fun. I have a boss uh, that I work with, and one of the things that he got talking to me about, Tosh, was um, how he has sons that are now like playing football, yeah. and they're interested in it, and they like watching it, and he can't sell BYU football. He's a BYU graduate. He loves BYU, all this stuff. His kids want to love BYU. He just can't sell the BYU football pro. He's been trying for three years now to try to sell BYU football to – to them, yeah. and then they're asking to go watch Utah or turn on the Utah game and all this stuff, and he's like, he can't sell this program to them right now.
0: We need, we need to get better. We're one great season away from all of that dynamic changing for that fan base to be energized, but we need that season, okay. and yeah, that's what we need, and so now, though, let's look at the last game of the year, our pseudo bowl game against Hawaii.
1: The mercy-killing of this stupid season. <laughs>
0: When you talk about
1: the Rainbow Warriors, it all comes down to one man. They've got a great, great, great running back. BYU has played a lot of pretty good running backs this year. Yes. Have they done well against any of them?
0: They've done okay of not giving up the big play. U and
1: LV is the one where they did pretty good.
0: But yeah, against uh, Wisconsin, against LSU, even without giving up the, the big play, they gave up too many 10-yarders that it added up to a big day for those guys.
1: So, Diasomy St. Just, the running back for the Rainbow Warriors out at the University of Hawaii, has been outstanding this year. He averages 5.5 yards a play. He's a speed guy. He's a rocket. He's got seven touchdowns on the season. He's averaging one hundred thirty three point seven yards per game this year. Tosh, um, he
0: can break the long he's, ones. He, he's
1: going to get past the. Uh, yeah, he he definitely can. He he can. He's going to break the fifteen hundred yards rushing in a season this year. That's that's as good as that goes up there and stacks right up against the great running back seasons at BYU. So they ask me, St. Just can re- really run. They know how to open him up, and he's slippery you know last week i got a, actually had a chance to watch a little bit of hawaii against utah state and utah state would have these guys rallying to the ball there'd be like five guys near him and he'd still find a way to go forward um the thing with him though is is that there has been teams that have done a pretty good job of limiting st just mm-hmm. and and hanging in there he's he's got florida they they say right florida speed on the hawaiian islands is is how they <laughs> how they like to talk about him, right? But one one of the things that that really he's been bottled up a couple times, right? Colorado State did a pretty good job against him, but the team that did really great against him was San Diego State. He had 17 rushes for 40 yards. Every other time, and UMass. We know how good that, how stout that UMass run D is too. So he struggled against UMass, he struggled against San Diego State. and every other contest, Tosh, He's had over 100 yards. He's had four games this year where he's eclipsed the 200-yard rushing mark. So, he's going to get 100 yards against BYU, in my opinion. The question is, is how hard can they make him? If he averages over 5 yards a carry, then BYU is going to have a, a tough time beating the University of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. If it's under 5 yards per carry, they're going to have a lot better opportunity to beat them. That's, of course, provided that we can actually move the football and score. But So I know that we're talking about St. Saint, Saint Justin. Maybe it's not even worth talking about him that much because if we can't even score the football, what's the point of worrying about defending St. Justin?
0: Yeah, those are the two things I'm looking at in this game. One, can we stop their run game? That guy is a dynamic player, and as I think we both agree, he's going to be the most talented player on the field for either team. He's the best
1: player on the field.
0: And so can we stop him? The other thing that you just alluded to, can BYU put up points? Because this Hawaii team is not good. They have a record that is three and 3-8. But that being said... Yeah, they, but we, we've said, hey, hey, they're bad, we're
1: bad. Yeah. Maybe we got a chance. And what have we done? I think we've split those recently.
0: Hawaii can put up points in their win. I mean, they put up 38 points in their win against UMass, who we only put up 10 against and lost. <laughs> Uh, against even in their in their losses they consistently put up points. There is really one exception to that. So here's the things why we should be scared. They beat UMass. They scored 38 against UMass. They've put up 23 points against UCLA. They put up, you know, big time points in almost all their losses except to Utah State. That's the head scratcher. Utah State beat those guys last week 38 to 0. And so what Hawaii team will we see? I tend to think we're going to see a good one because this is their rivalry game. Right. There is not a game that gets the the people there as excited that fan base is rallied as Hawaii versus BYU. I
1: think... What's considered as maybe one of the greatest games in the history of of that program was the 2001 game where they scored like 73 yeah. against us, right? A 73 45. But beat they a they very, were undefeated. Very good BYU. Yeah, team. they were undefeated at that point. We we didn't have Luke Staley though, so you know that would have made up the the 30 point <laughs> difference. Um, but no, I, I do think that you know for the University of Hawaii, and there's obviously been a lot of legendary games between BYU and Hawaii. Um, but but, for that program, this is their their big game. Can I add one more thing that should make you scared of sure. this game? Yeah, Hey, it's Thanksgiving this week. okay you gonna have a bunch of turkey Tosh? I am yeah, you gonna have some stuffing I what are you? Are you a stuffing guy? are you what what as a let, kid, let's let's get sidetracked for just a second As here. a
0: kid, I hated stuffing right Now I eat it, but that's not my favorite. I love good. Good, well-made turkey. That's the highlight. All right, so it's... and then the pies. Okay. I love pie. I mean, I'm pie all day over cake. So that those are the two items that I'm overloading on: is turkey and pie. Get more specific. You don't care which pie. I like almost every pie except pecan pie, but my favorite pies are fruit pies: strawberry, cherry, maybe a rhubarb. I like rhubarb, which I don't know if that's fruit, but it's kind of that genre. Uh-huh. A good pumpkin pie? That's right. I love the good chocolate pie. I mean
1: All right. There's so there's not
0: many pies I don't you're like. You're not you're not. Pecans a... the only pie that I don't like. Have you ever had a
1: sweet potato pie?
0: Yeah, and it's good. I don't it, I love it. It's good. It's I don't even consider it a real pie, but it's good. <laughs> Why not? Why isn't a real the main pie? The ingredient being like a vegetable or is not I don't know. It, it's it's good, but I don't put it as a dessert even. It's kind of like somewhere it's kind of to me like uh, when you go to Texas Roadhouse and you get. You I like, never
1: go there because I don't like walking in peanuts.
0: Oh, I love walking in peanuts. I hate it. No, I, I haven't been there in a while. I but went
1: there, the last time. This is why I went there it's, It flip flops, Tosh.
0: Yeah, that's a bad. I bad didn't
1: comment. know it was my. I went there. It was my first and only time. I walked in and I was like, "What on earth?" Yeah, this is terrible. But
0: they have a sweet potato that you can get stuffed, which that's the equivalent of the pie that you're referring to uh, and I don't think they're good. It's just a jazzed up vegetable. Have you it's ever... a really tasty <laughs> vegetable.
1: Have you ever had, have it's a lot like pumpkin pie. It's not much different than pumpkin pie. That's
0: it, I guess it's what I'm used to because that is very, very true. And I don't have a retort to that, but pumpkin pie is a real pie to me.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> fake pies, yes. fake pies. Um,
0: that well, really just got you speechless. So uh, how are you, how we transitioning back guess, to Hawaii? I, well,
1: I guess, no, I just wanted to just say that, you know, I, I do think that uh, it's interesting that you're all about those pies. I, I bet a lot of the players on BYU are going to be about those pies this week. They're 3-9, they're and nine, Tosh. <clears throat> they, uh, they get a chance to go to the Hawaiian Islands. It's uh, Thanksgiving while you're there. And
0: they flew out today, so they're going to be out there a while. So they're out
1: there today? Uh huh. Oh, man. So they're going to have a full meal tomorrow. Yep. They're going to have, and they're, they're good athletes and stuff. You know, it's not like, and you're a good athlete, but for me, if I have the big Thanksgiving dinner, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a couple days before I can go be a warrior, you know, uh, physically.
0: You're on to something. They, who knows the level of how serious they're going to take this game?
1: But wait a second. Do you think they
0: should take it seriously? Yes, I do. I, I think- don't. They owe it to themselves to go out there and try to win. Eh. <laughs> uh, you the, They owed it to themselves to go out there and try to win all year. Our, <laughs> where I thought we looked bad effort-wise was against UMass. Uh-huh. And so a week later, after another loss on a Hawaiian island... With a holiday in the mix, I think he might be onto something.
1: I think that they're going to be at the beach. There's not going to be any studying about what are the block schemes to get St. Just open. There's not going to be any sort of reading into, well, when they line up this way, they run to the right majority of the time. It's like a few guys will, but it's not ultimately that important. Here's the
0: thing I think the coaches might be filling on the hot seat. That might be the thing that could drive maybe some more focus than what you're imagining.
1: I mean,. Tosh, isn't the result already assured?
0: This game doesn't change that much.
1: Someone can save their job because something goes good against Hawaii. I, I, it helps It helps incrementally. I guess. I mean, I guess it's the last image in your mind is always the most powerful. I don't
0: know that it makes any difference. It doesn't in the big scheme of it things. It shouldn't. This, this game. We need changes no matter what. Whether we. and This game does not change that this season was an epic failure
1: then beyond that, then, are they going to just hold serve? Yes. Do you think they're going to actually
0: make as any whole, changes? As a whole. I think they will make offensive changes. I'm not sure how big. Like what?
1: Like hire a quarterback coach?
0: Yes, maybe. Since you can or, add one or more Or maybe coach? some position coaches changes. But you don't think that, like. If I'm a betting man, I think both coordinators and both head coach. I mean, both. Both coordinators and the head coach are both all back next
1: and year. And Ed Lamb, right? The yeah. assistant coach?
0: Yep. I think that if I had to bet, i bet they're all there, but I'm betting that slightly above 50%. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's not the case either.
1: Mm. Wouldn't it be weird, though, if like the, the one casualty of this is like Steve <laughs> Like yeah. We're getting rid of Steve Kafusi <laughs> and we're getting rid of, of Ben Cahoon. It was their fault.
0: It could happen.
1: That's insane to me. Okay, let's... That's uh, bizarre. But, okay, so for me, Tosh, that's the thing. I'm not sure that, that they're going to care all that much. I think that they're going to go... I mean, you said it, right? Kalani had said that they're going to have the full Hawaii experience. Uh-huh. They're going to go and enjoy Hawaii to the yes. max. Yep. They're going to go have a good time while they're out there. And, yeah, part of that's playing a football game. But, ultimately, winning that football game is not that important. If they, This is the other thing, man. If this team gets down, they are so spineless. They... They just roll over and die. <laughs> they don't know how to fight back.
0: They don't act like
1: and, it. And and
0: when have they fought back? They haven't this year.
1: Unless they've just been in control and in front, they have. Have they responded? I can't remember time they. Oh well, we definitely got to go. They just scored on us. It's time for us almost. to go you out can there give and, a
0: couple almosts. Okay, you know, almost against Utah. All
1: right, yeah, almost against Utah. That's. Like, that's
0: a rivalry game. If they can't get up for that one, then what one can they? That's
1: essential. That's essentially the uh, slogan, like the tagline slogan of BYU football.
0: Almost against Utah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I still think that everything should be about like we just need to talk about how we're going to beat Utah, and like nothing else really matters. Um, all right, Tosh, do you have anything else? Listen, Let's we just we, go we, score predictions. You got to stop. You got like... to stay, stay, stop Saint Just. Yep. You gotta. You gotta. That's it. If you don't stop him, you lose. That's to me. That that's the key. And and oh well, actually, dude, just like three minutes. How are you going to score? Hawaii's top. They're they're ranked a hundred or higher in both rush and pasty, so they're bad at yeah. defense.
0: But who else did we say that against? Yeah, we've said it against everybody. East Carolina well, too.
1: Like and and we're talking with Critchlow. You know they tried forty five passes with Joe Critchlow, which is insane. Under Ty Detmer, they haven't given. There hasn't been a game yet where Mangum threw 40 passes, but Critchlow got to throw a 45, okay, which is fine. Like, I, I get that it was, it was a stupid game plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Taysom had a game where he threw 47 passes against UCLA last year, and we lost. Frankly, we should never be throwing it over 40 times in a game. Not just, with
0: the not with the personnel we have now. We, not with the scheme that
1: we have right now. I mean, yeah. especially when you can just come off, you know, Squally running for 200 yards. And for me, that's it. We beat what probably is the actual legitimate worst team in college football in San Jose State. We we beat what is legitimately the worst team in FCS in Portland State. And then what happened against UNLV you chalk up to the fact that Squally Canada put the team on his freaking back and he carried it for 200 and like 20 yards right and yeah. and that's why we won barring another Squally Canada 200-yard game there's
0: no reason to think BYU is going to win is there we need to run the ball I, I don't have high hopes i'm almost tired of thinking about and talking about this team for months so Let's just give predictions and All right. let's get done here. Let's baby. murder them. Like, let's just murder the
1: 2017 BYU I wanna Cougar just forget football about season. This. We're not going
0: to talk about them anymore. Use this All as basketball. My, use this as my lows to make the highs All right, hey, Hang on.
1: Let's say not until January. No more football talk until January.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Unless I'm,
1: there's a firing.
0: Unless there's breaking news. Unless
1: there's a firing. No, no have football talk. we something to
0: give us hope Why you talk about okay. it. Okay.
1: And that's between the two of us. Like, even when we're texting. Not just on the pod...
0: Sure. Okay, we're All in.
1: Alright, right, so January. Okay, cool. We're we're taking a fast from this team. Good.
0: So this week, my prediction is that we lose 17 to 13.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to go out uh, spectacularly. And what I mean by that is I think that Hawaii is going to beat us by like 25. So uh, uh, <laughs> I, I will say that we, we score 10 and they score 35. The Asami St. Just scores three touchdowns. Becomes a becomes a Hawaii football legend forever because he's the one that buried BYU. Here's
0: where I feel like I'm a traitor on my fandom. I think this program might be better off if we lose. I don't want to put a cherry on top of a turd and for people to think, oh, we were going the right way at the end of the season because we beat Hawaii. Like, I want it for the real taste. They won
1: three of their last five, Tosh.
0: It the, was coming along. They won three of their last five, the, right? The bitter taste of this season, which is a turd, needs to be there the whole off season, and we because that's what will create changes. I will cheer them on. I am. I too. want them to win, but as in my as I've been thinking about what is better, I think it might actually be better for the future of BYU if we don't put a little cherry on top of that turd.
1: That being said, I hope they go and enjoy those hula dancers and have a good opportunity to, to take that in. And really, maybe the memories they make in Hawaii will be the one thing that they take with them as a sense of, uh, of pride and, and, and remembrance from this season. And with that, we've killed the 2017 BYU football season. It
0: was a rough one.
1: Thank you for listening to Cougar Cast. If you enjoyed this show, take the time out to give us a rating on iTunes. Also, look for us on VanquishTheFoe.com. If that isn't enough, you can follow us on Twitter at
0: CougarCast. Enjoy the games, and go Cougars!